Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla, Alex Regla with you guys here on a Monday heading into Tuesday before the Lakers take on the Phoenix Suns. Alex Regla, at Alex M. Regla. How are you, dude? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Doing very good. Doing very well. Uh, how can we complain when the Lakers have won three in a row? I know. It feels weird. We were last so week, used to them we losing said, every game. Last week we said, well, you better win two out of the three. And they beat all, oh, they won all three. Yep. Not ex- Sorry, I dropped my pen. Not <laughs> expecting that at all. But when you look at the state of the teams that they played, kind of makes it's good. Because if they, if we did come in here and they were one and two or oh and three against those teams, um, who knows what we'd be talking about today? Yeah, they did what they had to do. And like you said, if they were to lose, even if they just lost one of those games, it would have felt a bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good on them for winning the three. They took care of business. And they did so, like, handily against the Spurs. Like, people joke, like, they actually blew someone out. But, yeah, they've been playing well. Like, obviously against lesser competition, but you got to play who's on the schedule. And, you know, they've taken care of business. So Have they been playing well? Or has Anthony Davis been playing that well that he's carrying them? It's a combination of both. Like, obviously, AD uh, playing this well is what's catapulting them. He's literally carrying that half-court offense. But, you know, they've gotten nice contributions from everyone. I would say mostly everyone. How do we begin, before we start talking about the game tomorrow against Phoenix and then the Spurs games coming up this weekend in San Antonio, the back-to-back and we'll get into the news if LeBron is back. And, of course, we've got to talk about rumors of what is – there's always rumors when you're the Lakers. Before we get into all of that stuff, let's just take a little look back because I don't know how often the two of us are going to be able to come on a podcast and only talk about wins. So I want to, like, <laughs> take a break, sit back, and enjoy these three wins because it, it's it's been a dark cloud around these parts on taco Tuesday that I feel like, Hey, let's talk positive for a while. Why not? No. Yeah. And like I said, like obviously against lesser competition, but given their record, I don't think any team is considered lesser competition. against Lakers at this mm. point. So yeah, three really strong wins and three really incredible Anthony Davis performances. And you know, maybe almost as important as the wins is seeing ADs able to get back to this kind of level of play. Um, a lot of us kind of question if we would see this type of AD again. And I, I, he's really impressed me like on, on multiple facets and he's still playing center full time. So he's still trying to, you know, anchor the defense while also carrying like a, a huge load of the offense. So he's been incredible. Let's start there. I looked it up earlier today. Um, the cheat code is back. You know, that nickname that he's had for a while. That's that's the way I kind of look at it. In the last three games, he's averaging 35 points, 17.3 rebounds, two assists, 1.6 blocks. While shooting 62% from the field, the Lakers are 3-0. and This is the guy that I think a lot of us have been calling for, clamoring for, hoping for, to get back to the Lakers was this guy. And yes, it was against inferior opponents, but still. Seeing that from Anthony Davis, seeing that Anthony Davis was like so so nice. So what do you what do you think's kind of like changed 
with AD lately in these three games? Like, what's behind the success, do you think? He doesn't mentally, and I could be wrong. I'm not making it about LeBron. Mentally, he knows he has to be the dominant one. Mm-hmm. There is no, hey, I'm having one of those nights, Bron. Can you can you go? No, he knows Russ is coming off the bench. I'm the guy here. You could look at that starting lineup. You got Reeves, Brown, Walker, Beverly. He is the scoring option. He is the number one option. I think it's a, for me, yes, he's healthy, but mentally he looks like he wants to dominate a game. Yeah, his his engagement has been obvious. Like I, I think the big thing for me, like, and it speaks volumes to just that kind of aggression is his offensive rebounding. And it, it seems like he's getting like four or five like putbacks a game now. Yeah. So it's not so much he's getting force fed, which he is. I, I think that's a big part of it too. The team the players are actively looking for him. Like he is the guy they're throwing into in the post or out of pick and rolls. Like he's the guy they're targeting every time in the half court. But like if his teammates miss, he's on the glass fighting for second chances. He's getting to the free throw line a lot. And that was a big staple of that that championship year. He he would get to the free throw line like six, eight times a game. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, shot them well. So yeah, his just overall aggression has been really nice to see. Um, is that why you think his rebound numbers are so high too? Because of the aggression? I mean, it helps that he's the only kind of big out there, right? Like if it's not him. I'm not sure the other guys are really crashing the board. So he's obviously kind of already paint, like stuck in the paint, kind of. He's already in position. But at the same time, you have to kind of have that activity to to fight and kind of battle for rebounds. He's not kind of just allowing the the opposition to just grab the defensive rebounds. He's kind of actively trying to get second chances. And I think it's part mindset, part engagement, part like being in the right place at the right time. But it's been super helpful. You mentioned that he's still playing the five, obviously. He's really the only big man the Lakers are really, really playing. Do you think that something that we haven't mentioned is comfort at that five? You know, it's a bunch of games now into the season. Um, Do you think that these 15 games, he's figured something out? Yeah, I think I was looking at like like his shot profile the other day and like he's getting to the rim a lot more than he's accustomed to like he's also um like being assisted on a lot more i think it's just like his utilization is more as a traditional center like there's not so much isolation ball there's not so much him kind of off movement or coming off screens like he is the role man he is the guy in the post and i think he's doing really well and again that's a good point like he has to adjust to doing this it's not something he's ever really done at, at this length paying 100 percent of your minutes at center so, um, like the adjustment period seems to be like, okay, obviously with those numbers seems to doing well, mm-hmm. uh, I am interested to see what happens once LeBron's back. So, so we'll get to that here in shortly, but other than that, when you just look at a box score and you glance at it, let's say you didn't watch the game and you look at the box score and you look at the last and during this three game win streak, you look at the top two scores other than AD, you gotta be like, what? <laughs> right? Do you see Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker being the two, three combo with AD? I know they've had some production off the bench, uh, specifically against the Spurs during that blowout when like Kendrick Nunn came in. But really when you look at the three as a whole, um, I have, I don't have the exact numbers, but Reeves 15, 16 and 21 points. Yeah. Walker was 25, 
17 and 14 the last three games. That's got to be because going forward, not just during this three game stretch without Braun, going forward, I think we all wanted to see these two guys step up, play. I mean, Lonnie's been great all year, but to see Reeves emerge, and I know you're writing a long article about Reeves that should be out tomorrow or someday soon. What's been really like when you look at it, what's been the difference for Reeves specifically in these three games? Yeah. So again, it kind of similar to AD. I think it's a combination of, of mindset and just overall efficiency. Like I've noticed a, like a really clear um, aggression that wasn't really there early on in the season. And some of that is, you know, circumstantial, like with no LeBron out there before with no Dennis, no Kendrick, you know, those are both back, but Reeves is kind of looked upon as like an, the other ball handler for the team. And that kind of naturally puts you in a position where you have to be confident you have to play with aggression. You have to kind of be comfortable with the ball in your hands. And early on, he was just kind of like a spot-up guy, right? He was in the corner, you know, mm-hmm. three and D kind of role. But he's kind of been sculpted now into this kind of you have to do everything. Three and D, yes, but you also have to handle the ball. You have to run pick and roll. You have to be good in transition. You kind of have to do a little of everything. And he's doing really well with that. And be- beyond that, like he is also making his shots like – at a crazy level. I think he's like shooting 41% overall from three now. And on a team that, you know, early on, like we talked about um, a ton is was struggling from the outside. Austin Reeves has been really well in that area. And that obviously helps um, clear some space for AD, especially if he's going to be the focus of the defense. I think that's why he and um, Austin Reeves played really well together so far. And yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but Reeves is kind of seeing, it just feels like things are starting to fall into place for Reeves. Like his body's in better mm-hmm. shape. He's stronger. He's absorbing contact. He's getting to the free throw line. It's just a lot of good things going on with him right now. In the last four games, Reeves, I believe, is shooting 61%. Yeah. From the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, from the field. So that tells you. Yeah, and it's not just layups is the thing. Like he's he's doing a lot of work out of the pick and roll. He's pulling up. He's hitting some tough threes. Um. Yeah. So he's again. He's doing it all right now. Yeah. The last three games, he's gone three of four, two of four, and three of four from three. Uh, he's been really efficient. He's not taking twenty shots a game. He's been incredibly efficient. Do you think the mentality and aggression for him is a byproduct of kind of similar to AD, where like I I have to, I don't really have a choice anymore. Like if I'm open, I'm not looking for LeBron to make that extra pass. Like I'm the one that's going to take the shot. Yeah, he said post game like that. That is a part of it. Like obviously, he's not going to replace LeBron, but he and everyone else kind of has to to pick up the slack and do the things LeBron um, did and how he approached the game. And um, I kind of hope it's not strictly because of that, because like you said, they need this type of Austin Reeves, that type of Lonnie Walker, regardless of who's on the floor, and maybe especially when LeBron and AD are on the floor. And when I say things like that, I don't make it. I'm not trying to make it seem like. LeBron is telling these guys, pass me the ball. Or I, I, it's just a byproduct of having LeBron on the court with you. It's a natural instinct to to look at LeBron on the court with you and be like, I should make the extra pass to LeBron. When like just, the, yeah. his entire career, that's what he's had to do. There's just so many touches to go around. Regard like it, this is not LeBron like LeBron is universally not a selfish player, mm-hmm. right? Like he's mm-hmm. one of the most selfless players ever. Right. But right. at the same time, sometimes too selfless. The, yeah. And he's gonna have the ball in his hands. Just strictly by virtue, of he's LeBron James. Like you want yeah. the ball in his hands. 
So uh, that just is just obviously going to mean less touches for Austin Reeves to do these types of things. And um, I just hope when LeBron comes back, Austin Reeves isn't just kind of slotted again in the corner. Like I want to see him involved in the offense in some degree. I would hope so too. I hope that the coaching staff can make some adjustments when they do get LeBron back. I think you have to be able to find ways to maximize the talent you have. I think Lonnie found a way to do it with LeBron just because he's kind of freak athletically anyways. He just finds himself in the right positions so often. Um, as far as Reeves go, you're right, man. Like, I really, you don't want him standing in the corner. You want him involved. You want him. The more he's involved, the more locked in he looks, the better he looks defensively. So I, I hope that that does happen too. Now, you wrote a couple weeks ago about the, the Russ-Wenyan combo. Mm-hmm. Is there a combo that is making Reeves excel? Or is it just simply that he's playing more meaningful minutes? The AD, like I, I think the chemistry. I, again, I'll I clip together in this piece. I'm it's coming up. Uh, Reeves has done a lot of pick and roll work this year compared to last season. A lot of it has come directly with Anthony Davis, and he hit AD with like two to three lobs. I think just last game alone, like they have really good chemistry on their roll timing. Um, Reeves has shown the ability to kind of hit that pull up out of the pick and roll to keep defenses honest. He's shown the ability to kind of attack the defense and get to the paint. He's shooting like 76% at the rim this year. Um, He's just enough of a threat out of the pick and roll to make defenses kind of shade his way, which kind of frees up AD to roll. So obviously, you know, it's easy to say AD, you know, is a good partner with everyone, but Mm -hmm. I think he and Reese specifically have a a nice little chemistry going right now. Um, For Westbrook, I know he's not getting a lot of attention as much as he was early on in the season. Because uh, I feel like he's kind of found his role. It's not really a guy that's going to go out there and score 20 for you anymore, but he has double-digit assists during this three-game win streak off the bench. It's funny because he's not really the story anymore. No. And uh, you, until you mention it right now, I kind of just like he's just a guy yeah. on the team now, and that's, you know, that a lot but of double-digit assists. Yeah, for- and it's he's been really helpful, like with that playmaking with LeBron out especially, but... I, I think, again, this is the thing that goes kind of undersung with him, but just the, the pure pace he plays with has really helped this team. Like guys like Lonnie, guys like Austin, like Austin um, Thomas Bryant, we saw last game. Like these guys really thrive in that type of environment where you can get up and down the court. Mm-hmm. And there's probably no other better player in the league still than Westbrook in terms of pushing pace. So he's kind of been pretty underrated in that regard. And especially with LeBron out, you need as many easy baskets as you can get. And Russ still does that really well. It's funny, early on in the month, um, they've played, I believe, almost nine or ten games this month. And if you look at it, Russ was scoring a lot more, but being not as efficient, uh, from or being pretty efficient from the field, but not dishing the ball at all. And now the second half of the month, He's not so efficient shooting, but he's really efficient mm. assisting. And they have turned that into wins. So maybe they found something from Russ where, hey, if you're out there shooting 15, 16, 20 times, like if you're if you're scoring a bunch by being aggressive and getting to the line, which he was doing at a, at a high number, but now it's like you're still shooting maybe a little too much, but you're finding guys and they're making shots for you. And that's... Could be a byproduct of of the of the opponent, but I wonder if they're finding something there. Well, you say he's just a guy, but I wonder if he's like, if they really found that niche to put him in. Yeah, and when I say he's just a guy, he's obviously still 
you know, Westbrook. He is a $45 million guy. Yeah. I just mean, like, like you said, there is this role he's kind of carved out and he seems to be playing well within it. But like you said, I think there's still a balance they're trying to figure out when, especially for him, like when to be aggressive in terms of his own shot and when to, you know, facilitate for others. And I I think he's also played a role in these guys, you know, getting confidence. Like you said, all those assists are, are not just him, like hunting those, those assists. Like he is, you know, breaking down the defense, getting open shots for guys. And that kind of helps build their trust, their confidence. It's like this snowball effect. So um, it, again, he's going to be another guy. Once LeBron comes back again, we like LeBron is kind of like the good and bad shadow over this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Cause these guys have found a nice little rhythm here uh, in these three games. But when LeBron comes back, that's just another adjustment period to, I, I I'm really interested to see how everyone else kind of plays into that or next to that. So when LeBron comes back, somebody's got to get benched. Uh, so far, yeah. with LeBron out, you've had Anthony Davis, Troy Brown Jr., Pat Bev, Austin Reeves, and Lonnie Walker as your starting five. Uh, LeBron's not coming off the bench. So who is coming off the bench? Darvin Ham was asked on the possibility of keeping Austin Reeves in the starting lineup, and he said, um, we'll see. Uh, more quote, I don't have the audio, but I'll just uh, tell you what, what Ham said about Reeves. Quote, He's just getting to it, just being more efficient, not wasting dribbles, not wasting time on the clock by just holding the ball. Once he puts it on the floor, he's driving downhill more. When he's open, the kick out, he's catching and shooting, not thinking twice. He's scrappy defensively. It's great having him and Lonnie, those guys with their physical ability and their competitiveness, what they're doing on both sides of the ball has been huge. Do you think if LeBron comes back, whether it be tomorrow against Phoenix, and we'll get to that, or Friday or Saturday against San Antonio, do you think that Pat Bev would be the lone man out, or do you think it would be most likely Reeves? Yeah, like this is, this is like a head and heart uh, answer here. Like I would say, you know, if my head was answering this, I think Reeves maybe goes back to the bench uh, because I think Ham, you know, he's going to just lean his veterans always, at least early on in this season. And um, he's always kind of been like, very short answer when it comes to Reeves in terms of like his role as a starter or just kind of like his status on the team. Maybe it's to kind of keep him humble. He's obviously the young guy still on the team or one of the young guys on the team. And you got, you have, you know, clear veterans. You want to just ensure they get at least their, the first chance or the first crack at it. But it's pretty hard to, you know, state that Bev has played better than Reeves. Like Reeves has obviously played better than him in almost every area um I, I think bev does still do the intangibles you really want out there and and maybe he can still do that off the bench um but yeah like if it was up to me i i would start reeves and and lebron and, and bench uh bev but i'm not sure that happens what do you think yeah i don't know i think that's uh i feel like ham has the the ability to make a move like benching Pat Bev in order for Austin Reeves. Uh, what I mean by that is I feel like the front office would let him do it. Um, I don't know if we've... See, the thing is, we just spent 20 minutes talking about how efficient he's been without LeBron. So why put him next to LeBron? Where if he comes off the bench, he may not be with LeBron as much. And he could still continue to do some of the same things he's doing now. Is that an argument? Or am I just being too, like... Am I no, trying to connect dots that aren't there? The, the Also, the factor in this is that Dennis is back. Dennis and and Thomas Bryan are back. So that's two other guys that so are back. Judge, so, say, say you, ben, 
yeah, so say you bench Bev, all of a sudden you have Westbrook, Dennis, Bev, and Kendrick Nunn, who's kind of actually been playing a little better lately, mm-hmm. or guards off the bench that you had to try to find minutes for. Um, that's tough. And they're all small. At least Reeves does have some size. And maybe that's something Ham is thinking that the bench needs a little more size, mm-hmm. especially if we are already starting AD, LeBron, and Troy Brown. Mm-hmm. That starting lineup already has some size. That So that is one argument to putting Reeves back on the bench and, and start keeping Bev in there strictly just to keep the, the line was more balanced. But um, I, I think it's important to always start your best five because they've always kind of dug themselves holes with these yeah. starting lineups. And they yeah. finally found one that's working and just so happens not to have LeBron in it. Right. And, you know, like we said, could be a product of, of yeah, a product of, of who they're playing. So we'll see what when the when the competition steps up like tomorrow against mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns, who are 10 and 6 and number two in the West. Then, yeah, maybe uh, you're going to need a little bit more. It's going to look different. I mean, it'll look different. But let's talk about before we talk about tomorrow, Alex, we never do this, but I'm going to actually do this. Let's take a quick break. Okay, and we're back. So now we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns LA Lakers game. That is tomorrow night, Tuesday night. And Alex, there is a long list of injuries for the Phoenix Suns. These are all the players out tomorrow. Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson, and Jay Crowder all out tomorrow for the Phoenix Suns. For your Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis is probable. LeBron James, Juan Toscano Anderson are now questionable, and Max Christie is out with health and safety protocols. That's your update for tomorrow against the Lakers. Do you think LeBron returns tomorrow? Ooh. So when when do they play next after after tomorrow? Friday in okay, San Antonio. So, okay, so he would get a few extra days off again if if he misses tomorrow. And like he's and they have been playing well. Um I have a feeling he plays tomorrow. I was watching him on the bench uh, against San Antonio. He looked pretty lively. Mm-hmm. He was kind of dancing around. He seemed pretty happy in good spirits. So maybe I would, he... <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, I, I would think he plays, but again, um, extra days off isn't a bad thing. Maybe he'll just come back just to spite Reeves for saying that his tequila smells so horrible. He's <laughs> like, "All right, you want to talk trash about my tequila? Hey, go back to the bench." <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, like the highlight of, of the the post game conferences yeah, so far. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I actually, for me personally, I don't think they beat the Suns with LeBron. So I'd say just wait till Friday. Uh, put him on a plane. I mean, let him fly private. Let him, you know, if he wants to be more comfortable, whatever. I don't really care. Put him on a plane. San Antonio, it's a quick two-hour flight. And just wait for it there. And I'd, honestly, what they might do, and this uh, now that I'm thinking about it more, because Friday, Saturday is back-to-back San Antonio. He might play today, might play Saturday, miss Friday. Or might oh, play no. today, might play Friday. He's not going to play back-to-back. He's not going to play Friday, Saturday. He might. I mean, he's had some no, time I off. mean, even healthy, I'd still think they give him okay. one of those games off. Maybe you just you just kicked their ass without him. Now you get to play him twice back to back. I don't think they would do that to Braun. They need these games, so it's not like they're yeah. they're in a position where they don't. But again, if he's not healthy, they're not going to risk it. Like especially like you said against the Spurs, I think they can maybe manage without him, like they did yesterday. But yeah, I know um, he's a guy that doesn't like to miss games. He's always prided himself on being one of the superstars in the NBA that doesn't take days off for rest but the lakers need to start treating him like how old he really is because he is whether whether we want to admit it or not just take a look at his injury list since he's been in la he's 
maybe when on the court, he's still Braun, but he's not on the court as frequently as he used to be. So if it was up to you, you would give him t- tomorrow off. Yeah, and then just play him once in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I, I think I, I would, you know, if he's healthy, I would, you know, just play him any game he can. But, um, you know, Phoenix is, I think, playing well lately. Like you mentioned, they have a lot of guys out, but yeah. they have, they've had guys step up. Um, it'll be interesting to see who, if LeBron doesn't play, like how they match up. Again, I, I think that's a place where Bev is useful. They really like these matchups with him against star, you know, wings. I can see him annoying Booker for a while, then Booker kind of just taking over. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with or without LeBron. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I would love to beat Phoenix. Phoenix acts like they won the the NBA Finals every time they beat the Lakers. You know, they love to talk trash to the Lakers, to the Warriors, and then, you know, do nothing in the playoffs. So I would love nothing. Like, Phoenix, to me, is a very annoying team, just as a fan perspective. I really don't like Phoenix or the players on their team. So I would love to see the Lakers beat Phoenix, especially when they're so down and lowly Lakers. Um, I just don't think they can with LeBron. <laughs> you you but, think it's not a winnable game? No. I mean, have the Lakers? No. Have they showed you anything against a, a competent team that they think? No. I think they can beat the Suns. But you're always positive. <laughs> but like, Phoenix, And then every time I try it... to be positive, it's like they, they, they're ass. <laughs> This is like, I think this, there's a difference in this. Although, you know, I just, like I said before we record, I checked the standings. I'm like, I, I had no idea Phoenix was second. For some reason, I thought they were like sixth or seventh, just because it just seems like all the vibes around that team aren't it's the weird. greatest. Yeah. yeah. So usually that doesn't uh, equate to success. And they're 10, they're not like great. They're like 10 and six, I think, last I checked. So, um, yeah, I think they're beatable at this stage. Like, I don't think they hit their stride yet. They're missing a lot of guys. Um, so I think this is a winnable game. You think it's a winnable game with or without LeBron or both? Oh, it's definitely winnable if they have LeBron. Uh, without oh, LeBron, I still... definitely winnable if they have LeBron. Yeah, you guys hear I, I, that? I don't think Phoenix is playing <laughs> the greatest. Like, they've, you know, lost to the Jazz. They beat New York. Um, they're what, Everybody's two two lost to the four. Jazz. I know that's true. Jazz, Jazz are, are first in the West, and they're trying to tank. <laughs> no, I don't think they're tanking. I don't think they're trying to tank anymore. I think not anymore. Legit. We got to go I don't for think it. Houston's going to get twelve wins. I the don't Spurs, think Detroit's going to get twelve wins. The Spurs were one of those early teams who were like, "Oh, what are we doing? We need to reel this mm-hmm. back in. We're not winning anymore." Yeah, Utah's kind of stuck now because there's some really bad teams in the NBA. Lakers were one of them three games ago. But you look at the standings, Detroit's three and fifteen, Charlotte's four and fourteen, and I think Lamelo's out for a while. Houston's three and fourteen. I don't think I think Houston's gonna go all in on the tank for when Benyama. I think Houston is my 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 dark horse for no I mean not dark horse. They're my favorite for we're gonna do everything we can and not win games. Yeah, like I'm looking out eleven wins for Utah already. That seems like a lot. Um so I got yeah, them at I think 12 wins. Oh, okay. Then they, like I said, I think they're already kind of out of that race. Yeah. That's what so I said. I don't think Houston's playing 12 all year. Really? No. How many wins do they have right now? Three. Oh, they're going to win 12. Dude, uh, I'm terrible at math, but I'm pretty sure we're like 20% through the season already. So you, uh, so you got, do you think they're going to go w- and quadruple their wins? I don't know. I haven't really checked in on Houston this year. I just like look at that number. I'm like, okay, 
that seems insurmountable to to get to 12 wins already. That means Utah would have to go winless the rest of the way. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of what the way I'm looking at. Let's say Houston gets to 15 mm-hmm. and what Utah's only going to win 3 the rest of the way. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, I don't know. I and I still don't. Is it Jordan Clarkson in Utah? Is that is that the guy? It's like everyone. It's a marketing. Mark marketing's been like an all-star yeah. big for them this year. Yeah, you got you got Marketing 20, 22 and a half, Jordan almost 19, Malik Beasley 14, Beasley. Sexton, Olinick. Yeah. Mike Conley. A bunch of dudes. <laughs> so are we not thing. trading with them with Russell Russ? <laughs> That's out the window. But so we got tomorrow, uh, the Lakers take on the Phoenix Suns. Um, and I, is that a TNT game? That's yep, that's a TNT yeah. game at seven o'clock. Uh, LeBron questionable to return. Uh, JTA, another guy who's kind of been out and not really mm-hmm. part of this. Uh, he's also been dealing with the back injury, so we'll see what happens there. And before all this, Max Christie, before he went to health and say he was getting minutes, real minutes. That that's what I'm saying. Like when LeBron comes back, there's going to be a lot of uh, decisions Coach Ham is going to have to come up with because, like you said, Dennis looked like Thomas Bryant's looked really good. I, I would say like better than I thought he would since coming back from injury. He's like the the clear backup big now. Wenyan is still playing well. Um, Kendrick Nunn is starting to make shots. Dennis is back. Um, and if you add LeBron to that, and then eventually JTA, Max Christie also, that's a lot of minutes to go around for not that many guys. Hear me out with this question. Do the Lakers have too much depth? They have too much depth in, in, in one position, I would say. <laughs> Can they like trade one of these guys for like a second round pick or something? Or because I, I definitely think they'd be open to that. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers are the Kings of second round pick. <laughs> so, I mean, when you look at, when you look at Lonnie Walker, what, what's your first thing that comes to mind for me? It's Malik Monk. When you look at Austin Reeves, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Obviously Alex Caruso. Like where are these 2.0 version? Are they both going to leave after this year? Um, I, Lonnie is a tricky spot. I, I don't think they have any rights on him. I think he's just a clear one one year deal, and that's always really tricky. Especially if he keeps playing this well, I don't, maybe they're not going to afford him. Unfortunately, Reeves is in that weird THT spot where they kind of messed up his contract, and I think he's going to in a year or two his contract gets real dicey. Who uh, offered a fir- who that. offered a first round pick for THT last year? I just saw that. Oh, that was um, Toronto. Toronto, or, but I guess they also had to take on Ken Birch's money. So it was mm. like a dump salary dump, but you get a first round pick, but yeah. that first round pick would have been helpful. Yeah. How's Toronto doing this year? Are they terrible? No, I don't think so. I think Lakers Toronto's- can't be bad in the Pelicans take, you know what I'm saying? What if the, pe- Oh, never mind. I don't want to go there. Toronto is nine and eight, by nine the way, eight. Yeah. nine and eight, Uh, real quick rumor. And then we'll wrap up uh, this week's podcast. Uh, according to Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report from the Dan Patrick Show today, the Lakers are not discussing any sort of Kyrie Irving trade with the Brooklyn Nets saying, quote, I can't sit here and lie to you and say there's much value in trading for Kyrie. I'm on the phone with a lot of teams. His name is not coming up, even even for the Los Angeles Lakers, who he was tied to for much of the offseason. That's just not something I'm hearing right now. Not a surprise. Yeah. And I, you know, I would, I would hope it stays that way. I don't, you know, I think you don't really want to add that ingredient to the locker room right now or that dynamic. So um, it's interesting because the Lakers are in a spot right now where a trade doesn't um, in any kind of trade doesn't feel like super close anymore. Like if they're winning, 
you're not in any desperation, but obviously that you still, it's still up there. Uh, um, I like want to slap myself every time I hear anybody say anything about the trade because, and I made fun of it on the round table with uh, Harrison, Anthony uh-huh. and, and Aaron. And people were like, laugh, and they all laughed at me as well because I think I just like, maybe I shattered the, the dumbness of it all. <laughs> Because they're like, oh, in the next five games, if we go one and four, then they're not going to waste their picks because a trade won't make them any better, and they're one and four. And then I'm like, well, can't you say the same thing if you're four and one in those next five games yeah. to say, hey, we're four and one. Why would we yeah. do anything to mess this roster up? That's all I keep hearing from different sides, and I'm just like, guys, they're not going to make a trade just because they're not. I mean, they're just not going to. It doesn't matter if they win games or lose games. Palinka, I think they've set their minds. They're not making a trade. At least not the big first round picks that we've been talking about endlessly. Like you said, what, what is the turning point? Is it winning 10 in a row or is it losing 10 in a row? Like you said, it can be either one of those arguments and you can make the the case like, okay, that's why you make a trade because they're in a position to win or because they're losing. They need a trade. Like it comes all, it always comes down to Palinka and the front office and how, like realistically, do they want to trade those picks? We, could, we haven't seen any inclination. You could of literally make that argument, and and it, I would believe you on both ends, man. If yeah. you go, yeah. If if you all of a sudden you're you're twenty and ten or whatever the hell, go like if in. you went fifteen in a row, why wouldn't you make a trade to go get a shooter to really put you over the top? The but West then if, is pretty weak this year. Yeah, exactly. But then if you're twelve and twelve, you're like, hey, like we have LeBron and AD. Let's make a trade to get a, put us over the top to get us in the playoffs. Like, what do you do? Really waste the whole year of LeBron again? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just mm-hmm. those these arguments that keep coming up. You you could say the same thing. It's just about like, do they want to pull the trigger? There's options out there, and I don't think they want to pull the trigger, and they're not going to pull the trigger. I I just don't like the idea of waiting because at the end of the day, if you do say we they do make those a trade and they trade two first round picks, you're only going to get like 50 games worth mm-hmm. of those players, and if it doesn't hit, then you got like a fraction of the season and you traded picks. Mm-hmm. I, That's why I was such a proponent. Of, if you're going to trade, do it in the off season. Yep. Yep. There's so much in and out so far on this team, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Alex, real quick, uh, real, real quick, actually. Uh, they play four times by the time we podcast next at Phoenix, at San Antonio, at San Antonio, and Monday versus Indiana. What are they going to do? Uh, they probably go three and one. Will Buddy Heald and Miles Turner be playing for the Lakers on that Monday game? <laughs> no, I think they'll still be in the game. Sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to go two and two, and I don't know, and I don't think they beat Indiana, and I don't think they beat Phoenix because I don't think the Lakers are a very good team. <laughs> okay, hey, two and two is pretty good still. That's better than what they're doing. Better than what they were year. doing. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see if I'm wrong. We'll see if I'm right. Alex at Alex M Regla on Twitter. I'm at Alex Bidia 86. I'm running really fast because my Zoom's about to run out. Everybody, subscribe. Go to Silver Screen Roll tomorrow for Alex's latest on Austin Reeves. At Alex M. Regler is where you can catch his work. Thank you all. Talk to you next week. Alex, thanks, man. Thanks, man.